It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up on TMS, stick it in mein Kampf! URL, the porn dog. Kim paid Veronica. NDBA, a non-disclosure burger agreement. All of the audiobooks are available in print form. Scott's indecent proposal dream. Play games with one hand. Everybody was shame-foo-fighting. There were two heists! Respect the weird. Does porn have a smell? Because I, like, really wanted to know. Once... Twice, three times a dude lady. Can someone tell me why this sucks? The following safety manual has been brought to you with limited interruption by Amy. I pity the foo with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Can't believe people don't realize the Doritos Locos Taco from Taco Bell has now lasted longer than the entire Confederacy. Which means that has more merit to have its own flag than the one flying behind your neighbor's truck. The blood of Uranus can never be destroyed. <laughs> The morning stream. They've gone to plaid. Good morning and welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for Thursday, January 12th. Yes, 12th, uh, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson. Uh-huh. That's Brian David. Hi, Brian. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. hello. Oh, funny meeting you here, right as we're about to do a show. <laughs> How weird. Hmm. How long have you been standing here? How oh, very unusual. Um, so we got to start right off with a very effed up dream. Yeah, all right. I got to share with you guys before it leaves me, because it's all just fleeting now. I can feel it leaving me. I'm never going to remember it again. But man, what a stupid night of dreams I had. And I don't know what caused it. I didn't eat before bed. I didn't do anything to give me weird dreams. They just happened. Sure. Uh, in this dream, Veronica Belmont featured in okay. the weirdest way. Kim paid Veronica. I don't know how I know this because in the dream I didn't know. But I know this. Fr- yeah, you know, well, in, okay. All right. Like I have an omnipotent view of the dream, but also a down in the thick of it view of the dream at the same time somehow. It's really weird. Anyway, Veronica Belmont was hired by my wife to try to seduce me. <laughs> don't tell Veronica this. All right. I don't think we should tell Kim this. I'm no. even afraid of you telling the audience this. <laughs> I, told, I, told Kim, I told Kim this and she's like laughed and said, what are you even doing? I said, I have no idea. Sausage. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that was her deal. Um, Play that a couple more times, and uh, Tina wouldn't need to pay uh, anybody. That's right. But it didn't end up happening. 
It's it's this the the dream just featured this subplot, but it never went anywhere. Okay, okay? so that's right. one thing. Okay. Then there was this burger place. Uh, I should say overall, my sister was in charge of everything somehow. Don't ask me how. Just knew that Misha was in charge of everything, and I don't know why. Okay. My sister right. Misha. She often is in family stuff, so maybe that's why. But anyway. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. She's the one to take right. the reins and sort of like say, hey, we got to get planning. We're going to do this and that and all that. So sometimes that's her. But anyway, then we get to yeah. this weird part of the stream where we're on some sort of vacation at a place that's like huge. And in the center of it is a burger place everyone really wants to go. And I don't remember the name of it. Didn't have a name, I guess. But it was this place where you just were like, "Oh, you got to get burgers there." And when we ordered our burgers there, they said, uh, "No problem. We'll we'll text you. Give us your number. We'll text you as soon as these burgers are ready." And because uh, they take a while, and I'm like, "All right, sure. cool. Text us, I guess." So then we go off and we do, you know, uh, whatever the dream does. And then in the dream, time has gone too long. And we don't know why they're not texting us. We're like, well, aren't they have to be done by now. Why haven't they? And we kept letting it go and go. And like hours go by. Yeah. We're like, well, our burgers are, what happened? They screwed up. Something's wrong. So we go back. And it's me and Kim. We go back to our burgers and they say, they're just sitting around. And I said, oh, uh, did you, did you forget to tell us that, you know, all this? And they go, uh, no. Uh, the problem is you didn't sign the, uh, you didn't sign the waiver. And I said, what waiver? <laughs> And I, I was all confused. I said, what waiver? And they said, the waiver that says that you understand that the guy that's three, or sorry, the lady that's three people down on this bar over here is really a lady. It's not a guy. And you have to say, you have to put on paper that you agree that is not really a a, a lady. That's a man there. So these are, so in, in my head, I'm going, what is this like an anti-trans burger restaurant where you have to sign right. uh, sign Hobby off? Hobby Lobby this? now have a burger restaurant. Is yeah, that exactly. Is this, <laughs> yeah, what am I in a Chick Fil A? Yeah, going they, on? they've expanded their reach and uh, now they own this. But anyway, so I was like, yeah. um, I have to sign this. Like it was so confusing to me, and so I didn't sign it. Oh, and then while I'm sitting there and they're trying to talk me into it, they're they're showing me photos, the conspiratorial photos of I don't even know what. Like it's all just a blur to me. But it was like. Uh, yes, and here is here is when the the secret government rose up and did the thing and the stuff, and then showed me another photo and said, "Ah, uh, yes, and here's another deep state something something." It was like some kind of just conspiracy field thing. It was all in an effort to get me to sign this thing to say that well, that's definitely a dude or a lady, not a dude or whichever direction it was, <laughs> or I guess it was a lady who looked who I was supposed to say was a dude, and okay. then I never did. So I refused was, to do it. What? What'd you say? Somebody born a man and and was transgendered a woman? Or okay, all right. No idea, man. This dream was okay. like freaking. Oh, it made no sense to me. And as I'm doing, as wacky. I'm waiting for all this, right, yeah. I'm like, I'm hungry, but I don't know if I'm this hungry. This is too weird. Why does anyone like this place? And they're like, yeah. Oh, but you'll never have a greater burger. You just need to sign. You just have to sign to have this burger. And we said, I don't want to do this. And right about then, I hear Van behind me. Yeah, going pops like kind of sad. Uh-huh. So I turn around and Van's standing there covered in urine, just covered head to toe in <laughs> pee. Own? Yeah, own? I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> he's covered in pee and he looks all upset and he's holding his arms out like this, like he just can't move. He doesn't want to move or whatever. And that's the dream. That was it. <laughs> bizarre. It was so freaking weird, really man. Bizarre, yeah. I did not want to go back. I woke up at about five. Or something, and I said, I don't yeah. want to go back to that. I don't want to do that again. That was yeah. lame. That was a stupid dream. It made no sense. 
And I told Kim about it this morning. She's just looking at me like, what are you eating at night? Like, what are you doing? I was going to say, I don't know what we have on tap for uh, Therapy Thursday, but there's no way that it's it's more important for us to tackle than, than all this. I really do. all this. I really do. I mean, I, I don't know. Dreams are probably not that important big a deal and maybe it's just this was a big venting maybe you know how your dreams are good at like yeah. just clearing you out or whatever maybe yeah. that's all i was i was waiting for because my dreams have been kind of nonchalant lately but man this thing just made no sense <laughs> i think we need to take those uh dream cards that i sent you, you need to send those back let me see if hunter hunter s thompson makes a set of those yeah. or uh yeah we need a hardcore <laughs> we need a harder core uh edition of those cards Right, holy crap. Someone wow. on drugs needs to make those. Like Hunter S. Thompson, that's so. a good call. Like Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, yeah, he, would be yeah. The, would he be did a lot of drugs, that guy and that fella. Um, See, you watched, yeah. you you had your weird dream tonight. I didn't put this in in, in uh, opening topics or top topics or top of the show or whatever. Uh, Tina and I finished a show last night that I I want to recommend to, but I'm not sure, I'm not going to recommend to it because I'm not sure why it's got the rating that it has on Rotten Tomatoes. High or low? On Rotten low. Tomatoes. Low. Okay. Uh, I, okay, so Tina and I watched the Giancarlo Esposito uh, new series on uh, Netflix called Kaleidoscope. Oh, the one that you can jump around in and watch well, it in any order, right? technically you don't jump around. Netflix serves it to you in a in a, a, a random order, except for the, the final episode. Right. And I think, looking at Rotten Tomatoes, I think most of the people's complaints are, oh, it's a dumb gimmick. Oh, it's a dumb gimmick. Stupid gimmick. Mm. But I really enjoyed the hell out of the show. Like, I'm a big, I I love heist shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, I watched all the damn seasons of Money Heist, you know, which was, which eight seasons and they actually robbed two things, I think (laughs) is the deal. (laughs) Wow. That's a long build-up to the I'm, heist. Yeah. I might be exaggerating the number of seasons, but I'm not exaggerating the few things that they robbed. Wow. Two heists. Uh, That's all you get. Hmm. Yeah, you get two heists. But you get really good, clever heists. And and the way Money Heist uh, does it, always did it, was, uh, oh, no, looks like they're about to get caught. Oh, wait, let's have a flashback to how we thought this would happen and we planned for it. Like, all you know. Mm. Three or four times a, a season, they'd have something like that. Weird. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like, all right, well, that's a little bit cheesy. In this case, in the case of Kaleidoscope, I really like the heist. I think the heist was clever, but I more more than that, I cared a lot about the people. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito, obviously, a dude can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Yeah, he's great. I uh, like him in everything. He's in everything. I should say I like him in everything. He's, he's in, actually he in, is everything. in everything. The dude has a great agent. Yeah. And he's kind of your Danny Ocean. He's your, you know, your guy that brings everybody together. Uh, you've got uh, Paz Vega. You've got uh, uh, Rufus Sewell, 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 as the dude who... Uh, Ooh, all-time fan he here. Gets, Love him. Yes. Mm. And he's the dude who gets robbed. Love that guy. Yeah, he's oh, open uh, Bugenfuhrer or whatever his name was in uh, in uh, Man of the High Castle. Man of the High Castle. Yeah. He's also the main guy in uh, Dark City. 
Jugendfalle. <laughs> His Dark City movie is underrated. He's so cool. Love that guy. Oh, he is great. Yeah. And then uh, Jai Courtney, or Jay Courtney, mm. uh, you know him from uh, Terminator Genesis? Well, you know from Suicide Squad, probably. Oh, okay. Most recently. All right. Uh, the Suicide Squad, I should say. Correction. Sure. The, the Suicide the, Squad. The good one. That's what the hell they call the it. The good one. Yeah. Captain, Captain Boomerang and The Suicide oh, Squad. Oh, he's Boomerang guy. Okay. He's Boomerang. Yeah. Sweet. Um, anyway, uh, I really enjoyed this, and I feel like, what am I missing? What am I missing that 50% of the people on Rotten Tomatoes Yeah, both audience and uh, critics and audience, yeah, both same. both of them sitting right at like 48, 49%, right there in the middle, and I don't get, I don't understand. Yeah. It's interesting, because uh, <sighs> I've been reading a lot of independent reviews about it, and people yeah. say it is, somebody said... The first great television experience of 2023 has arrived. Kaleidoscope is insanely good. So, <laughs> well, come on, it's like January 12th. That's what I'm saying. It's hard for like, it to be hard for it to find a better like. All right, this is the. <laughs> yeah, I know you're you're literally almost the first. Just in general, you're yeah. almost the first. But but you know, but, like I heard you know, nothing but good things online, and then this is the yeah. first time seeing this 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 horrible. Uh, uh, conglomeration of reviews. You're right. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, I will say the uh, the gimmick is is unnecessary. It just you know basically you might get the day before the heist. The heist the heist itself will always be the very last episode. Right. Uh, but you'll get like three weeks before the heist, seven years before the heist, uh, two days after the heist. You'll get those episodes in a random order, and it's kind of cool to see. Oh wow! This happened. I wonder how we got to there. That's kind of cool. So, couldn't they have done? Okay, let me ask you this question. This maybe yeah. is a dumb question. Maybe it isn't. But yeah. isn't doesn't that imply that there's a perfect order in there somewhere, and that all this randomness is actually kind of d- dumb? They just need to pick a like a yeah. you know. I don't know if there's a perfect order. The order that we saw it in. Uh, it's funny. It served it to us in a very like almost like the right order build up of like all right we we got i think we got uh four weeks before the heist and then seven years before the heist and then and then the rest of them were kind of in order including post heist stuff okay okay uh that felt fine you know i don't i don't think there was like i'm trying to think of anything that was introduced that was like oh no that would have been so much better if if we saw this before this other thing yeah no. Did it make you want to rewatch and see what it did the next time at all? Or is that not part of this? No. Huh. No. It, it, I don't think it's... For me, it doesn't have a rewatchability, but very few things do. <laughs> no, that's true. Like, there's some shows I can watch I, three or four times over, but yeah. it's rare, right? Yeah. No, rare. I, I don't have time. I have a list a mile long of things that I want to see, so watching anything a second time... You know, I, I finally saw Eternals for the second time, and I kind of liked it more the second time, folks. Yeah, you take it out of the, the hype bubble, it's supposed to be better. You do yeah. that, and that's like a lot of I, things, though. Video God, games. it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful movie. Yeah. Well, I kind of, uh, anyway. st- I think I'll still see this. This is how many episodes? Eight? Eight episodes, technically nine, but the first episode is a one-minute thing uh, from Netflix saying, we're going to present these episodes to you in a random order. Oh, oh so they actually so. warn you. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Or, or you know, play up the gimmick or anything. But uh, 
That's interesting yeah, I, because they I are really the like ones it. doing this weird shit, right? They did the thing with the choose your own adventure. Um, kind what was, of. What was that yeah, called? Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Yeah. Nobody else is trying this weirdness. You know. The only other one I can think of, uh, they tried to do it with Kimmy Schmidt. Like mm. they tried to do a Kimmy Schmidt follow-up <clears throat> movie that was like that. Mm. Uh, but both of those things were technical uh, technological challenges if you weren't on a device that supported like if you watched on your iPad and then projected it to your TV totally fine but if you tried to watch it on an Apple TV you couldn't do the uh, you couldn't do the choose your own adventure oh oh that's interesting I didn't realize that you'd yeah. think they'd want to do that I don't know I don't know what they'd want to do that's interesting and also yeah. didn't, didn't uh, love death and robots have a weird order thing that, that happened there? Or am I remembering that wrong? Wasn't oh, I think we did figure out that they were giving us episodes in a different order. Yeah, yeah. That you were getting episodes. It was almost like it was on shuffle, but completely yeah. unnecessarily on shuffle. So le- less of a point to it, but right. it was right. not coming to you at the same time. Because I would say, oh, episode two is great. And you'd say, oh, I thought that was kind of weird. And it turned out we weren't even talking about the same episode. Or something because yeah. they were shuffling them, which is weird. Right, right. I mean, I, like, oh, I, I, I respect that it. Yet. That's weird. I yeah. respect the weird attempts to to, to sure. change give it us, up. You know, give yeah. us something clever. Uh, in this case, you know, in this case, it makes sense. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Seeing seeing this heist planning and what leads up to the heist in a different order kind of makes some things differently suspenseful. Like, oh gosh, what about this? what's in this other vault or what's going on here with this guy, this character, what's his secret past. And then, Oh, like you get this other secret past. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the fact that they, they plan it so that the heist itself answers all the questions that are set up by all seven of the previous episodes. I actually really do like that. I don't know. I I mean, I guess I like the, the concept, but what does it matter if you're not going to watch this over and over again to have this different order thing? Interesting. I was reading a review here and it said the word, they used a word. I'll ask you before I say it because maybe this is spoilery. Okay. Is the, is a certain weather pattern a spoiler as, Uh, as a thing they use? No, there's a, there's a storm. Okay. So there's a hurricane they have to deal with. I love the idea of whether you're using weather, if you can predict it well enough, using weather as a cover for your big freaking crime. I think that's. Always fun. It's, it's, it's great, and it yeah. and it's uh, it's done in a way that, of course, you know, seven years before the heist, they weren't saying, oh, "Let's do it on this day because there's probably going to be a hurricane that day." Right, that would have to come way late in the game, I assume. So it does, yeah. yeah, it does come way late in the game, and it's like, oh crap, we, you know, I don't know if we can do this. Wait a minute, we might actually have a weather thing that. If we if it lands on the right day, we can use it to our advantage, kind of thing. So not, I'm stopping before any other spoilery stuff. But yeah, is there a little Asian guy in a food cart? There is not, but yeah. there is a food cart. Yeah. There's there's actually a bunch of little things in a food cart. Really? <laughs> yes. Funny enough. Or okay. in a in a cash like a kind of the same kind of thing that was in uh, Ocean's <laughs> Eleven with a little. It was like the the money rolly cage thing gotcha gotcha i love that that's always my favorite part of that movie yeah i don't know why i always anyway so uh it's called kaleidoscope 
it's uh, shit out of luck.com. It's called Kaleidoscope. Yep. It's on Netflix. Yep. I really enjoyed it, and I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out am I am I dumb because I enjoyed it, and that's the one thing you worry about when you see something you like on Rotten Tomatoes and it gets crap. Usually, when it's like yeah, when it's this dis- disparate, it's one thing if you will, yeah. if you felt 98 and they said 82, it's that's fine. Right. That's a margin we can yes. deal with. But, this but if is you say if gap. you say 95 and they say three. Something's up. <laughs> exactly. And I'd say I'd say eighty and they're saying fifty. Yeah. High forties. That's a big chunk. Uh, that is a big that's a big gap. Yeah. So all right, well, maybe you Brian's also gotta right. worry, is it like is it people who just hate something that's getting a lot of hype and attention? Not that this is. I don't think Kaleidoscope is getting a ton of attention. I don't think so either. Yeah. Plus, you you know, but, I could see that from the audience because the audience usually are the ones that react to those kinds of things, yes, whereas yes, but critics, the critics usually not. So the Critics don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I man. I don't know, Scott. Anyway. You're, it's an anomaly is what we found. Uh, right. But quick there were, there were oh. people in the in the chat that uh, that said they enjoyed it as well. So you should watch it too and let me know what you think. I definitely plan to. And when I'd seen the yeah. the all the hubbub about it, I immediately thought of you because I went, "Oh, they're gamifying a heist movie." Did they call Brian yeah. and ask him what he'd like? <laughs> my gosh, that's it right yeah. there. Uh, I just got this is just breaking yes. late breaking news. Ooh, just got an email. Uh, a, a game developer who I will not name. Uh-huh. I won't even say the name of the game because that'll give away who they are. I just don't want them to think I'm slamming on them here. But I got a sure. I got a uh, a, a code for a game, and here's what it describes it as. I okay. get these here and there for core and stuff. You know, play our game. We'd love to hear about it on the of show, course. that kind of thing. Of course. This was uh, this one says swap the tiles to restore the pictures and reveal the naughty girls. <laughs> And then here <laughs> under the naughty girls under oh features, it's, it's spelled F E E T U R E S. So spelled wrong with features. Oh, be features. features. Maybe, no, maybe they, it's about feet. It's, oh, a, feet. it's Quentin Tarantino's uh, slidey number puzzle game. There you go. It's feeters. Um, features. <laughs> it says here, 15 girls to be experienced. Browse oh, gallery with one hand. Oh, come on now. Oh, no, they don't really it say, does say that, this. Do they? Absolutely says this. Uh, play games with one hand, mild level difficulty, nice artwork and music. That's the entire message. And a code. I have a code to this game. <laughs> and a code. Yeah. So is it? So it's an iOS game or is no? It, this or is a like Steam a Steam game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Weird. on Steam. I'll show. You, I'll send you the um, the name. I'm in. not playing anything on my Steam Deck one handed with the the weight of that thing. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> Snap off. A break a controller or something. Have right, you got just, yours back yet, by the way? Oh, yeah. I got it back on. I got it fast. I got it right before Christmas, which surprised me. Oh, that's me. good. Yeah. Good. I've been using it like crazy since. And I have a rad new game I think I need to recommend to you and everybody who's got a deck. Or even just Steam. It's an amazing Ooh. indie. Oh, I cool. Good. I love it yeah, so much. That. I'll tell you about it later. But anyway, that's the name. I just put it in Discord. That's the name of that stupid game. Oh. The one that I just got... <laughs> Not the good game, not the one I want to recommend, but this terrible no, one. That that's just... the one. That's the the, the 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 features. Yeah, the okay. features. All right. Anyway, what were the first two uh, installments? I know. I know. This was the third in the in the great series of these games. Obviously, it's done well enough for them to do, uh, you know, to to do uh, two more. I'm always surprised what's available on Steam if you really look. There's like uh, oh yeah the weirdest thing. That thing I talked about last week, the Sex with Hitler 3 is real. That's a real yes. game or yeah. two, I yeah. guess, the sequel. 
there's a yeah, million. See, there's another one. Apparently, if Sex with Hitler one does well enough, then then mm-hmm. there'll be a two. Yeah, and it reviews. What? It's reviewed well. People, you know, don't like it. I don't understand though. What would you do in the second one that you couldn't do? Like more sex with Hitler. Hitler yeah. lets you go further this time. I guess so. I don't know how. How do you take those games and make them bigger? I don't know. I don't even know why they're a thing. Like, and most things, people, the I think, things Hitler said he wouldn't do in the first game, he now lets you do. That's right. I think most people. I think by default, your account on Steam doesn't have this category at all. You have to like know about it or search for it or, or whatever. Yeah. So it's this weird, like, kind of dark web sex game thing people have. It's weird. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. All right. Anyway, anyway. Uh, let's move on. No judgment. You know, whatever. You do what you do at home. It's I'll fine. let you put it in Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf is open and ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, right. anyway. I like that a lot. That was good. Uh, quick <laughs> shout out text I would like to do because I missed it yesterday. This came in as I was uh, as we were rolling into the show, so we so we didn't see it. Um, so I don't know if it'll even work today. But Colin. Uh, yes. Uh, well, okay. Here's the message. Says hello, morning stream. I have a whole family in the car today as we trek to Arizona for my wife's thirtieth birthday, and I oh. thought it would be really cool for them to hear this shout out. My kids, Tilly and Milo, and my wife Johnny, are often forced to listen in car rides to the show. I assume. Uh, yeah. Not sure if I can make a birthday song request, but here you can play "Hello, Hello, Hello" by Remy Wolf. Happy birthday, Johnny! Love your co-pilot and adventure forever, Colin. So, Colin, oh. I'm sorry about the day late thing. I didn't know. I would have yeah. done this live, but I didn't see it until after the show yesterday so uh my apologies but you do get one of these for your wife let's party you, you don't get the remy wolf song though all right you don't get the remy wolf song a because it's not a cover b because uh i don't think i could get away with playing remy wolf for india in the middle i love remy wolf though my god it, i'm such a fan of her her uh her wackiness mm-hmm her shouting for please 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 da, 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 da. she's great yep. she's great nothing wrong with her uh, and her videos uh she's she looks like she's just a, a nut yeah a little and bit of a videos. wackadoo you know? a little bit of a wackadoo but happy birthday colin and uh no happy birthday johnny and uh hey tilly and milo uh hope you had a good trip and maybe you're listening to this on the drive home. yeah maybe on the drive the horrible 12 and a half hour drive home <laughs> right exactly uh thank you for that uh, let's get on with the uh the business here at hand we got a yeah. guest coming up yeah. as you know uh hold on here uh, Amy comes on. We talk about books, yeah. reading, and stuff. And today, yeah, books. I think we're going to get a manual reading again. Those are always fun. So sit oh, back and I relax. I wanted to read a manual. Oh, oh this your car has four <laughs> things. <laughs> it's equipped with the following safety devices. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Br- did you bring your manual, Amy? Are you here with your manual? How's it going? I did. I did. I brought my my Steam Deck user's manual. Oh, very nice. Oh, excellent. I thought, excellent. I thought I could read that. Ooh, did you nab the super secret cool Steam Deck thing? Did you get one? <laughs> she did. She was the first person <laughs> nice. to purchase one. And because was of I that, really? I you was were, the yeah. first one? Oh, you were so the first excited. one. And the, and the benefit of that is that you get to help me test this method of shipping that I'm using, this padded envelope to make sure that it's going to work. These things are solid, like... Uh, you know, I can I can't break it trying to break it in my hand. So I'm hoping that 
the U.S. Postal Service uh, doesn't employ stronger methods to try and destroy it. <laughs> they, got bi- they got some beefy <laughs> men. Let's try yeah. and break this. Yeah, let's see. I bet we can break this. Feel it through the bag. Oh, it's totally bendable and breakable. Bam. It does look pretty solid. I, you do have that one point of of a possible smush. leverage. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Where you separate Brian and Scott from the rest of the device. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. they look really cool. If you're all wondering why yesterday we didn't make a giant noise about it, it's because yeah. y'all bought them already. They're sold out for now. For now, they're for now. Yeah, and it's and it's less a matter of because obviously I just built, I just make them to order. But right now, if you were to place an order, it would be, I wouldn't be able to ship it before the Etsy cutoff date of like, all right, you better ship or we're going to give you a bad seller rating. So yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about it on the show next week. Yeah, and Etsy only takes like eighty four percent now. It's fine. They're they're it's a very generous, <laughs> very generous split over there. At Etsy. Yeah, very generous. Yeah. So I get oh I get eight cents for this. I'll thank you for thanks a for lot. The thanks kind, Etsy. Uh, generous uh, tip. Yeah. Thanks for the storefront. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey Amy, let's talk about some uh, some reading. She comes on the show yeah, well, and recommends books and all that stuff. What do you have today? I do. Well, I have a little bit of housekeeping um, that I need to bring up. So one of the people who responded to very kindly responded to our survey back, if you remember, the end of last year, we did a survey. Oh, yeah. And um, they expressed, I don't I don't have it in front of me, else I would read it directly to you. But essentially, this person was expressing dismay at uh, my recommendation of a lot of audiobooks, and they were like, you know, just do regular books. So I just want to clarify all <laughs> of the books that I recommend are actual paper books. Mm-hmm. They just happen to have an audiobook uh, copy that you can get. And, you know, this is an audio show. So I yeah. figured clips from the audiobook are a good idea. Sometimes. Isn't this, isn't this the old, so. this is the old, uh, age old uh, Cold War that we always have about audiobooks versus regular <laughs> books. And it's annoying to me because they're the same damned content, two different delivery methods. It's fine either way. So if she says to you, I recommend book A from author B, uh, you can go read the paper one. It's not right. The, right. It's and the I, same and I book. I encourage people to do that. Absolutely. You know, right. it's what how consume the, the this art however you can. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the audio ones include extra stuff that you wouldn't get uh, in the book version. Like if you're going to read uh, uh, World War Z, the book from Max, uh, I forgot his last name, Brooks, Max Headroom. Brooks. Mm-hmm. Yes, Max, Max Headroom, noted Max Headroom. author, Max Headroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt Fuhrer. Anyway, if you wanted to read that book, you would get the book and you would have a good time. But if you want to get the audio book, you would get Alan Alda and a whole bunch of fancy uh, actor people doing different parts, still reading the book verbatim, but with a little music and a little extra acting and stuff like that. So sometimes those have extra stuff. But beyond that, it's the same damn stuff. Same so, damn stuff. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. get what I mean, you're going to get. Uh, like fun. I said, a lot of times I really like, particularly with things that are autobiographies and stuff if if the author has any you know skill on a mic at all uh with reading their own stuff like for example jenny lawson it's great because she just reads it like she's telling a story and every once in a while she'll give you a little parenthetical in the audiobook 
that's not in the actual printed book oh, because really? she just goes off on a tangent because that's how her brain works <laughs> and it's amazing and I love her, you know. So, yeah, I mean, so anyway, I, this was not to defend myself, but rather to encourage this this responder Hey, yeah, absolutely, 100%. There is a paper copy of every book I have recommended. So if anything sounded good, but you were like, oh, but I don't like audiobooks, feel free, go get the regular paper book because they, they're all actual book books. First. Agreed. So, yeah. 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 Um, and <laughs> Bobby Frank says that I'm too nice and that he would never solicit people's opinion on his segment. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, got a point. Yeah, there's a there's a point to that. You know? Yeah, we got a we're a pretty you know this community can be relied upon for not being too wackadoo, but yeah, but uh, it's, it's, it's that age old thing, and you know this is one of the first things that Gary Vaynerchuk probably talks about in his keynote speeches at uh, <laughs> podcast movement. But uh, if you get one comment from somebody, yeah, pay attention to it, but you can probably disregard it but if you start getting five or ten comments about your show and something you need to change then that's where you start yeah, it's the Raylan Givens thing sure. right the yeah, whole, uh, exactly. uh, if you, exactly. you're the a-hole if, or no if a, one guy says it he might be an a-hole but if everyone says it you're the a-hole or whatever it's like that something like that yeah yeah exactly. I'm sure I nailed yeah. the exact reading of that cop of that thing that he said uh, yeah. and I right. did not take this at all as a as a as you being an a-hole or, uh, yeah, like, or or this person being an a-hole at all I right. didn't I didn't take it as a dig or a or yeah, harsh criticism at all I just was like oh I feel I should clarify <laughs> yeah okay. no, that's good it's, it's good so, that you do that what actually. I'm hearing is yes. that you're super pissed and you'd like to have a war with this person online. I totally actually, that am is, I'm everybody will blame this yeah. person even though I haven't said their name because I don't remember what it is oh. so there you go look just you go can say it's okay to just say Random tad you can say diced tomato out loud. It's and okay. Then, and then you like further. Oh, then you say, I don't even, you know, don't even care enough to remember this person's name. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a certain tomato. <laughs> certain tomato. It's a certain it's a way certain of uh, dicing it. <laughs> a certain way of preparing a. Uh, yep. I understand. A love apple. Yes. Yeah. A, a love, love apple. apple. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness! That's have you heard the term? I've apple? never heard a love apple before. I mean, that, that's the that's a term for tomatoes. Like, uh, I, why? Yes, I'm gonna. Can I have some love apples on my salad, please? Why is it called that? What? Why? I'm why. afraid. To is it because it's squishy? Um, like, I mean, ew. squishy like love. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so it refers to Brian is absolutely right. It refers to a tomato, but also it says it could be a wax apple they're referring to, which is a little bit weird. Interesting. Right? Yeah. I could I could have gone with you on like a peach being a love apple because you know oh yeah sure it was a peach you know yeah but, well, you can uh, eat one of those for an yeah, hour I don't know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah don't so, know where they ever got the term love apples no that's uh, really weird hilarious. but I, I love I'm it. putting that in my lexicon all I'm, right so yeah, yeah. <laughs> without further ado now that I've started a war uh, let's read about a different type of war uh, so this was this is one of my favorite books that I read growing up. Um, you know, last week we did like a little kid's book. So now we're stepping it up a little bit. This is a, what, what kids would call a chapter book now. And it's a, it's a great little book for, you know, somebody who's, uh, at the age where they need something a little, little more meaty. They can, they can read some chapters, but it's not a hard read, but it's also great for adults to read. Cause it's 
just funny. Mm. Um, so, so let's go with that. Okay. And with that, we will say, uh, Carlos's idea at the meeting at Maxie Hammerman's was too complicated for him to explain in English. Maxie Hammerman had to explain it for him. Maxie Hammerman spoke Spanish and 12 other languages. He had to, being the pushcart king. Carlos wishes to say, Maxie Hammerman began, that the problem is to make people see who is blocking the streets. Certainly, said Harry the hot dog. But how? Carlos has described to me a very clever pea shooter that his youngest boy has made. Carlos says that the pea shooter shoots not just ordinary peas, but peas with a pin stuck in them. Children, said Papa Peretz, you have to watch them every minute. For example, my grandson... Wait, wait, Papa Peretz. We are coming to the point. The point is... Carlos has told his boy that he must never use such a pea shooter to shoot at people, as it would not be so nice to put a pin in someone's arm. That is what I mean. Wait. Carlos's little boy replies, then what good is the pea shooter? Carlos does not know how to answer, and he feels bad, because the shooter is very cleverly made, and it is a shame if the boy cannot use it at all. Then suddenly, when Papa Perrette says at this meeting that we need a secret weapon, Carlos is happy. He sees what the shooter is good for. To put pins in the truck drivers? Carlos shook his head. No, Maxie Hammerman replied. It is Carlos's belief that even truck drivers are people. He has told his little boy that he must never shoot at people and he does not wish to set a bad example. Then what good is the pea shooter? Asked Frank the Flower. Carlos spoke very excitedly to Maxie Hammerman in Spanish. Aha! said Maxie Hammerman. Carlos says we will not, of course, shoot at the truck drivers. We will shoot at the truck tires. He says we will kill the truck tires. Bang! <laughs> says Carlos, pointing an imaginary truck tire. Bang, bang! It was a word he had learned from his boy. Then, Goma Vasilla, said Carlos. Goma Vasilla, Maxie Hammerman explained, meant Spanish in flat tire. Meant in Spanish, flat tire. See, <laughs> si, Carlos nodded, blowing his breath out and sinking to the floor as if he were a truck tire going flat. Morris the florist took off his hat. Such an idea! For such an idea, Carlos could be president of the USA. President, said Papa Perez. How can the president speak Spanish? Never mind the president. It is a good idea. Good, said General Anna. It is beautiful. I see the picture. The question is, who is blocking the traffic? 
Alright, we killed the truck tires and suddenly everywhere in the streets, big dead trucks. They can't move. They are blocking everything. People look around and every block they see six, seven, eight dead trucks. People will see who is blocking the traffic. Of course, said Mr. Jerusalem. It is not such a nice thing to do. Not nice, said Morris the florist, compared to smashing a man's cart so badly that it can never be fixed. It is a very nice thing to do. <laughs> and scene. Scene. <laughs> you know, if you, uh, I feel like someone's going to get rubbed out in this mob scene we're watching. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was great. Yeah. <clears throat> I enjoyed so, the hell out of that. Tell, but, is there anything left in the book? Oh my goodness! Yeah, sorry. Just I know. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Long, yeah. Um. So the book is called "The Pushcart War," and it's by Jean Merrill. And it is it's it's fiction, but it reads as a fiction as a, a historical account, and it's sort of huh. set in the '60s. Um. And it was it's it's funny because it was written in the '60s, but it's. Uh, the narrator tells it as though they're telling it from the 80s and so it's supposed to be this near future fiction but uh-huh. for us it's <laughs> actually like the past but anyway it's set in the 60s and the issue at hand is that uh the pushcart vendors you know like food trucks and you know like yeah. you see in uh in New York uh, on yeah. the streets of New York are literally being pushed around by the big delivery trucks and uh you know and so the truck drivers and the push cart vendors all have this uh, you know their their little armies set up trying to sway public opinion one way or the other and uh and of course the people running the truck companies want to keep the trucks on the street and the push cart vendors just want to be allowed to push their push carts and uh, it all started when Morris the florist went head first into a pickle barrel <laughs> because his cart was smashed by a big truck. Wow. And um, it's great. It's 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 about 180 pages. You can literally read it in an afternoon. Um, but it's and, you know, it's got really cute illustrations. Uh, but yeah, and the chapters are very, very short. So again, it's great for young readers. But also, I mean, it's just very funny because all the characters read that way. Like you hear those type of voices in your head because they say things like that, like such an idea, yeah. or, you know, like, oh, would I would I lead such an army? You know, that kind yeah. of thing. I love and- when characterization <laughs> comes out in the works in the books. It's hard, right? That's a yeah. hard thing yeah. to write. Yeah. It's great when it it's, becomes obvious. Yeah, it's really fun. And I, I remembered reading this as a kid and I, I I don't think I really got it, honestly, when I read it as a kid. But it's still super fun to read as an adult. And it's got, you know, it's got kind of some good messaging in there as well. Like it starts off with an introduction saying, you know, it's important when studying war to really understand how wars begin. Yeah. But wars on our more modern stages are so big and sprawling that it's very difficult to you know really really zero in on where the problem began whereas with 
an incident like this, where you've got a truck driver smashing a pushcart vendor's cart, you know exactly where it started. And then you can sprawl out from there and see how it begins and how it ends. And it's, it's fantastic. It's just great fun. You've got a, you've got a corrupt mayor in here. You've got, you've got some, you know, the, the truck drivers acting like, you know, members of the mafia. Uh, you got your push cart vendors who are, you know, sort of the underdogs. It's, it's good fun. I, I recommend it. Nice. It seems like cool. a good pick. Nicely done. Give me, give me the name again. It's called The Pushcart War by Gene Push Merrill. Pushcart War. Yep. A, b- b- a bloody affair and uh, worth checking out. So uh, <laughs> yeah. well done as always. Uh, Amy, uh, it's always fun having you on. And I loved the reading and that was great. And uh, I can't wait for more. Uh, that'll be every freaking Thursday that we can think of that she'll be back and uh, talking yeah. about books. So get your read on, everybody. Red Fraggle 3, wherever you find her. Amy, have, a, have right. a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye now. You too. Uh, and uh, just checked available in hard copy as well as audiobook oh good well and she even you know she even did her own reading so clearly she's just got the paper business there right yes Uh, exactly we're giving that guy so much heat and he doesn't deserve it I know no he doesn't deserve it it's totally fine Um, All right. what the hell are we doing now Uh, we're going to do some quick news we have time for a little bit so we're going to go for it here Good morning, good morning, everybody. In the news this morning, good morning. Time for the news, and it's uh, brought to you by... Brought to you by a tribute to a guitarist that uh, we lost yesterday due to bacterial meningitis. An incredible guitarist. He was a member of the Yardbirds. He was a member of the Honey Drippers with with uh, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Uh, talking about Jeff Beck, who I get to see... Back in 2016, when he came through town with the ZZ Top, great show. So, uh, yes, a Jeff Beck tribute today on Coverville. Mostly covers by Jeff Beck because dude covered so much stuff, and uh, uh, there'll be some Yardbirds covers in there as well. But but a lot of uh, new stuff that uh, that he covered that's really really good. Nice. It's really sad to hear about that. Yeah, Menin- yeah. bacterial meningitis is freaking no joke, man. It's no joke, but it's treatable if you catch it. If you can you know, catch, you it, catch early, it early, it absolutely enough, is. Yeah, earlier the better. Yeah. I, had a, I had a guy I worked for once who had it so bad that his entire face was just broken out in the, the like horrible pockets of of infection, and it was getting toward his brain or whatever. So they put him on these hardcore antibiotics, and it and it eventually uh, was okay. But if he hadn't, if he'd have gone untreated, that would have been it. Yeah, yeah, really bad. Oh, it's really rough. bad. Jeez. Rough stuff. Um, anyway, uh, today, yeah. 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Here is your story of the morning, which is probably yeah. all we're going to have time for. Utah porn-sniffing dog has died after putting numerous offenders behind bars. Oh, yes. sounds suspicious. Mm-hmm. It's a little suspicious. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's just the book that uh, Amy read to us, but uh, I don't know. It feels like there's... Uh, Feels like there's something else going something might be something going else on. Something else afoot. That's right. Someone's out to get the dog that put him behind bars. After a life of sniffing out criminals, the retired porn sniffing dog uh, called URL. Literally, that like the initialism that's URL. I, <laughs> you want to call him? I wonder URL if that for stood short. for something. I'm, it kind of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what does it stand for? In uh, URL. Uh, what is it in uniform in, resource resource locator? There it is. Yeah, maybe that's what he is. He's a uniformed, a uniformed resource locator. Could be the resource he's looking for is 
uh, you know, illegal porn. <laughs> That's right, exactly. He died on the 30th. Weber County Sheriff's Office URL was the fourth dog in the country to be certified and trained as an electronic storage detection canine. Uh, Detective Cameron Hartman and the canine completed more than 200 wor- uh, search warrants where they obtained digital evidence for cases mostly involving child sexual exploitation material and or child sexual abuse material. The list of the remarkable finds for the canine include USB drives disguised as a key on a key ring full of keys, a micro SD card and a closed baby food jar, uh, let's see, and a pencil box full of other items that were inside a large cedar chest. Good Lord. Uh, and then finally, a, an, an SD card uh, up high on a shelf, a cell phone hidden in a book, and even cell phone parts hidden in a wall behind a toilet in the Weber County Jail, according to the sheriff's office. Uh, the almost eight-year-old police dog recovered dozens of critical pieces of digital evidence that otherwise would have been overlooked and provided emotional support to officers working in the stressful realm of child exploitation and to the children who were uh, scared during search warrants. Uh, URL wow. and his handler Hartman worked on many law enforcement agencies in the state, including the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, FBI Child Exploitation Ta- Task Force, Department of Homeland Security, Utah Department of Corrections, and the Weber Morgan Narcotics Strike Force. So he was a good dog. He was a good boy. He was a good, good boy. He was yeah. the goodest dog ever. Um, I'm thinking of, it's probably pronounced Earl. They probably called him Earl. Probably. Uh, even though he spelled it URL. And uh, so he's less like a porn sniffing dog and more a flash drive sniffing yes. dog. <laughs> yes. Which is, which is if, if, it, if anything, it's more fascinating it's to me. More, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine that porn has a smell like, oh, there's a, I can smell a copy of Jugs magazine yeah. <laughs> a mile away. Exactly. Like if you're going right. to, if you're after child porn, you would be after hard drives and USB right. sticks and all of that. So training an animal to be aromatically sensitive to those devices is such an odd yeah, thing to me. It's, it's such a weird thing. It, it blows my mind that you can. That's great. Dogs are oh, great, wow. man. Freaking dogs. Dogs are yeah. awesome. All right. Well, they can uh, smell. They can smell cancer. Apparently, like that's what uh, somebody well, that's, said. That's true. They can tell. Also, um, what was the thing I heard the other day? Oh, they have a. They're good at smelling all kinds of changes. So if like you're, yeah, you're going through something, or like if a um, uh, somebody that the dog knows has a chemical change in their own brain, the dog can often sense it. Yeah. Dogs, man. They're yeah, great. Seizures coming, yeah, stuff like that. Diabetes. Wow, that big, that big fleshy weird nose of theirs. It's good stuff. It's good. Pretty dang powerful. Wish yeah. we had that. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe there's th- maybe maybe it's like a blessing and a curse. They're like, oh god, the stuff I smell. You don't even want. You don't want this, <laughs> this superpower. Maybe they don't mind. I mean, I always think because they'll go out and just like full on snork up somebody's. Some other dog right, to play with the park yeah, or whatever. You, walk, you show up at somebody's house and, uh, you know. You, yeah, they like it. Got all dressed up and you, you know, you even took a, a shower before you went over there. And that dog still goes right yep. up the. They don't have the right aversions. The they don't have the version, the aversions we do, which is for good or for Clearly ill. Clearly they don't. Yeah, cl- occasionally, you know, Ripley will eat another dog's poo. And that's well, no, sure. that's no good. We don't it's want a that. Delicacy. Yeah. It's a fancy, fancy little uh, treat. Ooh, it's a dachshund. Oh, bring it on! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, diabetic alert dogs. I've heard of that. So if somebody's having, yeah. if somebody's spiking, especially with type one, if their uh, their insulin levels get all out of whack, the dog can tell before the person yeah. can even tell. I'm gonna like poke them in the butt and you know sniff, rub at their arm and stuff. Like, dude, check your check your blood. 
Yeah. Um, all right, let's go. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's my go. sister Wendy will be here. Are you happy, Claire? You've been begging the whole time in the chat. Well, good news, Wendy is here today. We got an email that we've been holding on to for a while. So we're going to get to all of that in a second, but we can't do any of that until we have a song. Brian, please take a song and make it play. Sure. Down to Fort Worth, Texas, uh, somebody that Spin Magazine called one of the 35 best lesser-known artists of the last 35 years. That says a lot. Uh, this is a guy named Ryan Hamilton. He signed with Stephen Van Zandt's uh, Wicked Cool label in June and uh, went on a sold-out tour with The Alarm out in the UK. We love The Alarm. Uh he is uh, Ryan Hamilton. He's got a brand new album called Haunted by the Holy Ghost. It comes out March 10th. You've got to wait, you know, two months to wait for this thing. But this will tide you over. Here is the title track of Haunted by the Holy Ghost by Ryan Hamilton.
I think that's a Ursula Merger right there. See like the handle of the ladle? It's called Ursa Major, not Ursula Merger. And that's not even it. That's Orion. Oh, and she didn't even have to look up. I was the last high priest dedicated to Uranus. The Morning Stream. Yes, we're gonna have to go right to ludicrous speed. And we returned. Uh, who was that again? That was great. Sure. That's Ryan Hamilton from his brand new album, which comes out in March called Haunted by the Holy Ghost. That right there is the title track. Yes. Uh, to answer the chat's question, well, when you be in Vegas, we are discussing it. Um, I, oh, don't know if cool. she's, I don't know if she's finally decided or not, but um, I think she definitely wants to go. If she does, I'm going to try to rope her into your contest, if possible. Okay. Because I can that, do that. Wouldn't that be fun? That'll be fun. Yeah. It'll, add, it'll add a few extra dollars, but it'll be fun. Oh, it adds money every time we add people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, we'll talk about it later then. But it's worth But it'll be, but it'll be worth it to it see. It might be Wendy. worth it. Yeah. Oh, hi. It's my sister, Wendy. Wait, Wendy. Oh, we had, uh, hi. My sister, Wendy, who uh, was very briefly in town and then, then out of town again, uh, which I'm sad we didn't get to see it, but um, I, I assume everything went well other than the horrible reason you were traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was no fun. Uh, no, you, not at all. You know what's cool, though? I, I I think it's worth bringing this up uh, just in general real quick here. Uh, Wendy's got these friends she's had in high school, uh, and they've been close like forever, since high school and forward. So every year or something, you guys all do a getaway or some kind of retreat. I don't have anybody in high school like that. Like I don't have any friends that have like I've retained to that level where we're always got a thing going and we're always got each other's backs. And when something bad happens, everybody kind of gathers around. So I think that's a very cool thing that you cultivated there. And uh, I think you're lucky. Yeah, it is. And I think uh, I have to say this because there were, there was the normal years where you kind of separate and do your own things and everyone went to different colleges and everyone kind of did their stuff. And then this is the weird part. Like what brought us back together was kind of, uh, Hey, have you guys heard of blogs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just started, we made our own blog where only we read it and we just, we were such idiots and oh, we just each cool. wrote posts, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then we figured out like, that's stupid. Why don't we? And then as like technology gave us some things after that, that just made it work. And so I, I feel like it is really rare and it's really cool. And I'm super, super grateful for them because they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. And I, I don't think that's super common. But it, it kind of went in waves and then it came back. And now as we're like aging together, you're like, we're going to be crazy old ladies together. So yep. Good. That's right. Good. And that's uh, the, the the golden years, Wendy. That's where yeah. you're headed. We're going to be the golden girls, except they were <laughs> they were like 40 in the show. That freaks me out or however. Yeah, they were they young, were. like uh, 50. I think Blanche was 52. Really? Yeah. yeah the oldest, the youngest, of, the youngest one there was the old, the one that played the oldest was actually the youngest. <laughs> She was the best. Yeah, she was great. But yeah. she also got Alzheimer's before any of the rest of them even got to oh, her age. She's crazy. Yeah, oh, that's wow. why she died. Uh, but that, yeah, like, <laughs> if, you, if you really want to feel old, go read up about how the Golden Girls, how old they all were when they made that show. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Like, It'll freak you out no, real good. Kidding. I, I, don't, I don't think I need to need to know that. Yeah, Thanks. Brian and I were Blanche's age. Oh, my Lord. Anyway. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. I was also, oh, the other day I was looking at how old everybody on Seinfeld was. That's also weird. Uh, when they started, Elaine was 28. 
uh, oh, Jerry, wow. uh, uh, see, Jerry was 35. George was just barely 30. And what? Cr- <laughs> yeah. And Kramer was 41. Think of that. Wow. Kramer, Kramer's almost ageless because you don't think of him as a person with an age. Yeah, but exactly. Yes. I, didn't, I definitely didn't think of him as 41. It's really weird. Plucked, plucked out of some weird time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, age is weird. And uh, we're going to do an email today. Let's go. Oh, and then to. Uh, so, Wendy, I, I mentioned this before you got on, but we have we are we have been in discussion about uh, possible Vegas for you uh, in April when we're there. And yeah. uh, so to everybody who last year was like giving me crap because I didn't tell Wendy about the dates. That would Until be like the Thursday before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just bad planning Oops. on my part and bad assumptions yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Fine. But we're talking early here. Uh, nothing yet to announce. But, you know, we uh, obviously we would love to have always love to have Wendy there. Oh, oh for sure. I will definitely come now that I have time to, you know, plan. Tell me the dates. Do you have them? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I thought I April gave them to 23rd, which is the Sunday. We, you know, if you, we need you to come in Sunday, possibly, yeah. uh, through the 27th, which is the uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian, Brian's yeah, doing a thing that if you want to be involved in it, you can, but it's like a, what do you call it, Brian? What's the name of it? Uh, it's called Taskville. Taskville. Is, uh, yeah. A, uh, uh, based on, st- uh, stolen from, a UK game called Taskmaster. Yeah. Oh. And you basically, uh, okay. you know, solve puzzles and, and it was, we did it last year and it was kind of a riot. So, uh, are you going to just highlight how dumb I am in other ways? <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. That's what it is. That's what he did to me. <laughs> all of us who were involved, it was I mean, all a matter not of, the, that's not the, the plan. No, it was all, oh. it was it's all about great side effect. Who is the it's least just, dumb? It just happens to be a great side effect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like whoever's the I'm, least stupid. I'm all for public humiliation. That's fine. Oh, good. Sweet. There would be lots of that. But anyway, we'll talk more. <laughs> for today, though, we're going to talk about an email that you sent a while ago. Uh, and then, you know, holidays and busyness and all that yeah. stuff got in the way. And so we haven't had a chance to do it. So we're going to do it today. Uh, this is somebody who we can say their name is Real Stepper. Uh, or they they are a real stepper is what they are. They're the so. real step. They are the real step. That's right. Da, da, da. They're party party your deal. And uh, they say this. Hi, Wendy. Uh, whenever you talk about FOO or foo and uh, reparenting yourself on TMS, I immediately feel guilty about my kids needing to reparent themselves in the future. Besides knowing better and doing better and no longer modeling crappy behavior because I'm working through my own foo, uh, what do I do now besides therapy, which we're doing? I'm asking your advice here for all the other TMS listeners who hear about how Foo screwed them up and how saying it to them or saying to themselves, quote, but I'm my kids. Foo, what can I do now? Any uh, anyone should have to take or sorry, everyone should have to take a parenting uh, class and therapy before becoming parents. Thanks. Uh, so this real stepper uh, gets real specific about the whole Foo issue. And for those who are just joining in and didn't have not heard you talk Foo in the past, tell them what it is again so we can... Yeah, you know. so Foo, F-O-O, stands for Family of Origin. Mm. So that's Scott for me. Yep. Um, mm. And I am Scott's Foo. Yep. Uh, it's, yeah, it's... And, we're, and when we, we disagree, we're Foo fighters. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting, yeah. I was waiting for that. Man. That's pretty good. That's yeah, really write good. that down. You can use it for your next thing. Somehow. Nice. Yeah. Do we know what Foo Fighter what Foo means for them? I don't know. A- um, it does. It's uh, Foo Fighters are air, uh, like Air Force or, or any planes that were sent out to uh, fight UFOs. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's UFOs cool. are the Foos. Those are the gotcha. Foos. That's actually really yeah. cool. I did not know that. Yeah. That is cool. And also, 
your family of origin issues show up there too. They always oh, do. That was co- <laughs> they coined it in World War II. That's great. That's even cooler. Yeah. Because back then they didn't know nothing about nothing. So they'd see a blink in the sky and go, Foo Fighters, get a, go, 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 you know? Anyway. Right. Interesting. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Foo is your family of origin. And it really is just shortcut lingo for therapists to write on a notepad as they're understanding your background. <laughs> um, but I like to just say it out loud because it's a good word. But that idea is essentially how you grew up, who you grew up with, the parenting you received, the parenting you didn't receive. Um, you know, kind of all that stuff combined can sometimes create challenges. And that's, we think of it as your family of origin issues. Okay. So this person is saying, first of all, Hey, real stepper. Uh, second of all, (laughs) that's our secret. That's our secret. high. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's how we talk to each other. We don't need a secret handshake. You have a secret high. And then just just like, hi. Yeah. And it's it's a lower dumb voice. Like, Hey, okay. So anyway, Hey, okay. So, uh, yeah, that is a really, interesting moment when you're figuring out your stuff right because the moment will come where you already have children and you're like oh no what am I doing I think it comes naturally for a lot of parents to just be like I don't want to screw my kid up well guess what the only reason you would even have that thought is because you have some foo issues <laughs> right mm-hmm. you'd normally if you just didn't have much family of origin stuff you just be like oh, I'm gonna be a great parent moving on you know mm-hmm. yeah. um I don't know if anyone in the world there's anyone left that does that but there were there's definitely when you're already clued into oh no i don't want to screw this up that's just because you're living the life of a parent and you grew up mm-hmm. and you experience many moments where you're like can i have a redo like that was not what i meant i'm exhausted and i just handled that totally poorly and da 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 now where food gets interesting is of course as you start to look at it um and go a little deeper everybody's got something and usually the reason uh, you find it is because you clash with someone else's food. So for example, if you partner with somebody, they, let's say they celebrated holidays really differently than you, or how they handle money is really different from how you handle money or, um, you know, whatever their style is around something like you, you, you marry somebody who grew up with a ton of siblings and they're used to chaos and noise. And maybe you were an only child and then you get together and you're like, why? Do you want it loud? And why do you need it so quiet? Like those aren't foo in the sense of like, oh, this is so bad, but you still have to adjust, right? But what it does show, it can bring to the surface. Oh, we talked a certain way. We solved problems a certain way. We showed anger, love, different different things like that in different ways. And then that's where conflict will arise. So if you're not partnered, the other way this shows up is in your workplaces, Usually we can find lots of these things, food items, when you repeat patterns. Um, so for example, if you were shamed to bits to perform. Um, oh, by the way, I'm still coaching basketball. It's going game busters. Yeah. We've won two games out of 100, guys. We're doing awesome. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. Two whole games. <laughs> really exceeding the expectations. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord. Uh, anyway, but one of the <laughs> things I've learned is that, that there is a temptation. I have felt it to like bribe these kids to play harder or like, Hey, listen, I will give you something if you will just make a basket, you know, like there is kind of this, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, and this idea of like, um, (laughs) you know, I'm going to model motivation and I'm going to give you a thing, which by the way, ruins the love of any game 
is if you start paying somebody to perform it for you or grades, different things. I could do a whole segment on how our inclination as parents to get a result, you know, leads to us destroying the love a child has for anything, by the way. Um, But that idea of, right, like I can start to model, hey, this is how we get love or this is how we avoid shame. So if shame is my tool, right, Mm -hmm. um, then people will perform to avoid the shame and then say that they're doing that as a kid, as a kid, they're doing it in my house and, you know, clean your room. You're a big fat slob and people will never love you. Mm, Or, or what mom would say when I would burp at a table and she'd be like, you are going to be on a date and that burp's going to come out of your mouth and no one will want to love you. And you're like, okay, guess what? Did mom really say that? Yeah, totally. Everyone still loves me, and I can still burp like a man. Yeah, you can. You guys have no idea. For a second, just for one quick moment, side note. Wendy burps like a freaking, I don't even know how to explain it. People Like like a a frat boy. There are people in Nevada (laughs) who, they're picking her up on seismographs and stuff. She is such a burper. Let me say one of the ingredients to the the bonding of my high school friends is we can all do that. <laughs> really? That's the really? common thread? So like uh, this get together oh, thing? Yeah. That, uh... And we all talk about how our moms threatened us and then we all talk about how our husbands don't care and our boys think we're especially cool. So, yeah. uh, so it's how you it. bond as high schoolers learn a skill together. Anyway, okay. So point is like you can create shame around thing using shame to parent um, and then the kid associates feeling terrible about themselves or their efforts and do whatever they can to avoid shame. Now, fast forward 25 years, 20 years, something, and you keep having experiences where you are promising way too much and underperforming and then staying up all night or giving it all or like burning yourself out because you're trying to avoid shame. Now, most people are just going, why do I keep doing that? I don't know. And then do it again and do it again, do it again. And that's where foo investigation can can be very fruitful. It's yeah. like, huh, where, what am I actually doing here? What am I trying to avoid? And then what your brain does, which is really my favorite part of therapy is it starts to just show you a slideshow. It's like, huh, remember that? Mm. And sometimes it's just this moment, like we did with your baseball game, Scott, or your baseball team, yeah. you know, it will show you these bits and pieces of um, sort of when and how you were trained to sort of interact with your emotional self in certain ways because that's how your family did it. So I'm going to ask both of you just this quick question about your foo, but you're like ancient foo. And then I will answer the emailers question. Ancient foo. But you're ancient foo, meaning do you know anything about any family issues from generations before your parents or grandparents? So not people you knew. Yes. Right. Just give me like a really old one from the here's old the, here's the one the only one I actually know is that yeah uh, who would I guess he would have been my grandfather my my um, my mother's dad real dad yeah went to served in World War II and came home kind of broken and left everybody that's all I know yes oh wow okay. so that's some foo that I'm aware of that's some old foo yeah that's some old foo and that foo. I mean, I've thought. I don't even know how real the foo is, to be honest. I assume it's, you know, there's probably new ones. So what I want to point out is that the food, it doesn't have to happen to you to still be part of the experience that shapes you. So, for example, let's take, uh, mom doesn't listen to the show anymore, does she? No. (laughs) Hell no. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, so for example, and, and I don't know if you know this, but 
mom's mom, so grandma, yeah. whose husband left her after he came back from World War II, her father left their family. Oh. So that is hmm. second generation. And then the, the family before. So we are talking three generations of women. Hmm. I am the first out of the four generations that my father didn't leave. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's crazy. I did not know so you. That's probably the thing. To but take, take every one of these women, mom included, their husbands left. Yeah. And then everyone got an awesome stepdad that came in. And dad is, dad is Mark's stepdad. Yeah, but my he's brother's stepdad. He's our dad. But her dad is the dad. only one who stayed. He he's is our, the chain breaker. He was our full dad. Yeah, he is the chain breaker. You're right. He's the chain breaker, right? <laughs> and so you can look at that and you just go, that's crazy coincidence. Or maybe there's something that has Some passes sort of, down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That kind of goes, and, and we'll use terms like generational trauma to explain some of this. There's there's more systemic versions of that, but then there's within a family you can find, sometimes you can find a line. So you take someone in the Great Depression, lost everything. What does that look like and how the, the next generation handles money? And so it's the legacy, as it were, of emotional um, behavior and experiences that you're kind of handing down, handing down, handing down, right? And and you can change that. You can break that. So dad came in and stayed. And fortunately, I was not the firstborn. <laughs> so yeah. I got to be the first woman in four generations whose father didn't leave. Yeah. Right. That's true. <laughs> and I'm so grateful. I can't even explain the level <laughs> of gratitude because Aren't... I know what yeah. that did. And and these women, and this is a long time ago, guys, like there was not a lot of single mom love anywhere, right? No. So can you imagine? Yeah, no, you were, that was an embarrassment that you hid and didn't talk about. In fact, that's why it feels so legendary in our family with with grandma is that it was very hush-hush. It was like a secret, you know? Right, right, like, right. And then for, for that to just stop because a dad didn't leave is kind of amazing. Yeah. But when you think about what the then separate legacy can be, and this is what I want to say to the to the real stepper here is that as you figure out your foo, what you do is stop some of these bigger things from happening, right? Yeah. And maybe you don't parent with shame anymore. I'm using that because it is a common foo mm-hmm. for people. The shame is yeah, shame is yeah, because is... it is effective, y'all. If you're just like you're the worst, do this better. Uh, hey, I won't love you. Hungarian, well, any Eastern European uh, origin, <laughs> shame is big. Guilt yeah. and shame. Yeah. Guilt and shame, yeah. So then, so the, if you're using that and that's how you've operated, it's really easy to do it to the next generation. But if you can figure out this foo, you can get the help that you need, you can stop the big ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let me tell you, you will not pass on generational foo. You can be the chain breaker if you do your work. Now, are you going to make little mistakes Yes. Are you going to create your own kids' food anyway? Yeah, you are. But it might be that you hug them too much, or it might be that you worry a little too much, or it might be, it could be things that are not these catastrophic, you know, core self-esteem things. Mm-hmm. It can be other things, right? So what I'm getting at is you're not going to be perfect. Your kid will talk about you in therapy one day. Like just, if you can plan on that and hold that a little lighter, um, it'll be fine. It's the big stuff you've got to worry about. And that's where your main work will come. And most of the little stuff works itself out as they get older, Mm. right? Because they kind of grow up and see that they're not 
smart and you're great. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm hoping yeah. that. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, sure. That's what we're all hoping. Right? <laughs> yes. I get so, that. Brian, how about you? Do you have a generational a way back story? Yeah. The, I mean, the only thing I can think of, and it, it is shame related, but it was uh, my grandmother's mother hiding the fact that uh, that her father, when he was buried, was Jewish. So, and it wasn't right. like, you know, protecting him from Nazis or anything like that. No, it was about, it was out of shame. Like, Oh God, he was Jewish. So we can't let anybody in the family know about this. So I don't know if that's, I mean, that's kind of like a, I don't know if that's a thing that we can break the cycle of <laughs> so much. I mean, I, you know, every Christmas I, I eat little coin-shaped candy uh, chocolates and I spin a dreidel and I'm not I'm not ashamed of my uh 132nd Jewish heritage so I'm okay, so you broke it right you you broke the I've broken the, it yes by yeah, embracing good. my my inner, <laughs> inner does it help Jew. okay yes. that actually brings up a question I have Wendy does it help that that Brian can he can break it partially part of it's just cuz he's Brian and he yeah. can break things yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but isn't part of it is that the world that also changes, uh, a culture evolves or whatever to either be more accepting of certain things, more closed off to other things, m- more willing to call out bad behavior, celebrate good behavior, yeah. that sort of thing. Is it except, possible that, that helps? Current stuff has shown that we backslide. That you know, the uh, the world is kind of backsliding with well, its a, li- a little of, bit, but but it, yeah, but does it? Because I actually think stuff. I actually think maybe it's the opposite because. We are we legitimately freak out when people start sliding yes, in that direction, right? And so, so I think yeah. it's, it's it's still the same few number of people, but now a they've got a voice, and now we can kind of like push them, you well, know, like you. Part, need yeah, to- part of it is you don't have to do the shame thing anymore. All you have, or whoever, all you have to do is just stand up and say it, and you have the majority opinion. The majority right, opinion right. is. Uh, Nazis are bad and Kanye West is wrong and you know (laughs) that's our majority opinion yeah whereas back in your grandmother's day yeah Yeah, your great grandmother's day was more like hush hush keep it quiet the world's weird we don't know you know so I I don't know I feel like that's a positive thing that's true actually yeah does it make it so Wendy the question to you is does it is that a factor for Brian or anyone else that that they can break some of these chains and the chains that dad broke is it because of when when he came around you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. In your time, more than say in times past, you have a bigger opportunity to break the chain. I don't know. Yes, I would. I absolutely think so. I, I think what you find is that, you know, <laughs> and this could be an interesting discussion of someone might say, oh, well, families don't, you know, stay together like they used to. Well, families a lot of times stayed together because of societal forces that required one person to not be a whole person or required, you know, the, the public shaming, think about divorce previously or those types of things. I mean, it was just, you, you were nothing but an utter failure. And so society has shifted so that there are options for people to lead different lives um, when something difficult happens in their families. And, you know, women can, you know, are, there are still laws, actually, I'm not sure if there's any left yet, where it's still legal for men to rape their wives. You know, like, I think that one has finally shifted, but I want to say not too long ago is still 11 states. Um, you know, so so you look at just the, the difference in the ability to do something different, um, to break free of some social norm, 
that was held in place might look really messy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of something to to point out here with foo issues is 100%, that's a big number, of foo issues usually are just keep the rules that we've created, right? So if we think about a family dynamic where the rule is you perform at the highest level all the time or you are ashamed to this family, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to do everything to follow that rule. There's another family where the rule is you do not reveal anything that's going on under this roof to anyone else, right? So right. you follow that rule. And what talking to a therapist and then working through these few issues most of the time will entail is breaking those family rules mm-hmm. um, or, you know, seeing them for the first time. And this is where things get a little tricky because I would say the first half, to, half of my career, I was very much like, let's write a letter to that person. Let's share how we really feel. Let's, and I have really changed my, <laughs> my tune on that mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's assuming that the other person will get this new information that someone's trying to make a change and trying to heal. And they're going to go, well, good for you. Um, but really what it is, is you've broken the code of silence in our family and um, it, it makes some of the healing much harder. So I tend to have people write letters they never send and process a lot, a lot, a lot before there's any kind of confrontation. Um, and they tend to do much better and sometimes don't even need the, need the confrontation. Do they ever, um, do so you ever worry that those people's letters are going to get discovered if you know they're designed to never be sent, but then the person who would get it somehow got it and then went, oh, crap, I didn't mean for that to go out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we ha- I have a rule. You, can't, you can type it out if you want, but then you have to delete it or you write it in paper and you burn it. Like there's a process to it that right. it's also just not actually writing a letter you would send. It's, it's vomiting on a page, right? Mm-hmm. And then you wouldn't send that anyway. No. So it's no. it's like allowing finally having the safety to process what you're going you have gone through and as you realize I think that's another big piece here is you're swimming in the water you are swimming in until you realize oh this water is not great, right? <laughs> yeah. And you you yeah. didn't even know there was water. And mm-hmm. so it it that awakening or changing or and that really can disrupt a family dynamic. Um I, I like to think of it and I think of death is some sort of like this as well. Like imagine, you know, cats in the cradle with the little, uh, string kids play oh, yeah. with where mm-hmm. it, do kids do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, no, there's, there's actually an app that you can. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. You guys know it's All right. I love it. The app, the app's so taking care spring. of that too. Oh boy. But imagine like a large rope and everyone's <laughs> holding on to a, an intricate pattern of, of, uh, weaving of this rope, but each person in the family is holding on to a part of it. And a death will do this where, of course, someone lets go and everyone has to adjust. They're kind of falling back and trying to figure out the new norm. And this can happen when someone discovers that they've been harmed in a family in a deep psychological way. They have to do something different. They are going to change. And it's like letting go of the family rope and saying, okay, I can't, I'm, I can't participate. This is harming me too much. Right. And so people have to adjust. And sometimes that means, you know, you've broken, broken the rule, you're out, you know? So there are many, many chain breakers who end up being very alone. Um, and having to start over is really tough. And there's probably never a moment in their life where they're not wondering if it was worth all of it, but it is. And how I know it is, is I'm the kid who benefited from that. And so please believe me, but also that you can improve how you 
experience your life. That's the point, right? You find these things, do the work, and your relationships deepen and are better everywhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe that the family of origin stuff doesn't get repaired because you got old dude in the corner who will not change one bit. You know, right. you can't, you can't control that. <laughs> old dude so, in the corner that just won't, change. you know, everyone's yeah. got one. Sure. Um, but just real quick with, with the parenting your own children and being worried about giving, like you're creating the foo. So for example, I'm going to make you two confess. I'll confess as well. What is the foo we've given our now code now food just means code for <laughs> crappy inheritance. Would I know. Yeah. Kid, I, I've got one, but Brian, I want to hear yours first. Cause mine, mine has to do with actual podcasting. So. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, oh yeah. funny. Yeah. No, my, the food that, that I've probably we've scarred Tristan with is, uh, uh, is it could tend to lead to overeating. Like he, he was a cheek stuffer as a kid. Yeah. Uh, like he would, instead of just eating his damn food, <laughs> he would mm-hmm. just stuff it in his cheeks. Mm. And uh, aside so from cute. the fact that that caused some enamel issues, yeah, like a little chipmunk basically. And uh, wow, That's yeah, it caused wild. some enamel issues with his teeth, but also he did it because we would say, you can't leave this this table until your plate is clean. And so that was his his way, his method of getting around it. And then he just kind of kept doing it. And this was like, you know, obviously as a, as a very small toddler. Uh, uh, but I'm worried that, yeah, now we've like scarred him that he's going to feel like he can't leave a table until he's finished his food <laughs> and he's going to pass that on to his kids and, and start the cycle over and over because there's again. starving kids in china right like there's probably always, i think yeah, yeah. we might have i can't remember if we used that because that that got used on tina and i as kids mm-hmm. and we always thought it was bunk because we would just say well send them this mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sassy yeah. yeah, here I'm not going to finish it. Send those starving kids this food. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that's when right. they call, right. you, call and, you on. And food, let me just say, I mean, uh, the real steppers listening know we talk about this a lot of food is a great oh. uh, source material for food, right? It really yeah. is. I think I've even got some of that too. And it was less, it was, you know, they did try to use the starving kids in Africa, but it was really just like the, we paid a lot of money for all this food and you better, you better eat it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so if you think about, okay, so let's just take that very specific thing for a moment. So you can know your stuff. Let's say you're now a young father and it's not too late. Yeah. It's too, it's way, (laughs) Uh, we're we're way way past that, but yes. Okay. Sure. Sure. But that idea of like, okay, you're aware of it. You know, that's how your parents handled it. So you, you work through some of those issues with food, which, really would mean there are feelings attached to leftovers. There's feelings attached to not eating everything I'm looking at. There's feelings attached to sneaking, hiding, listening to mom complain about her body every day of your life or Mm -hmm. always on a new diet, like all that stuff, a scale you're tripping over when you go in a bathroom, like you are surrounded by, and you don't realize it. And then of course the bigger culture is all telling you to diet all the day, all the time too. All of that stuff is foo around food and foo around weight and size. And then you work through all of that. Then you get a kid. And now you've got a kid who's shoving food in their cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's the moment where the rubber meets the road where it's like, okay, how do I check myself with my stuff? Right. And then learn how to give this kid the freedom to develop their own relationship with food. 
and you're never going to do it perfectly, mm. but you can definitely do a better job. So I've watched generations of women stop talking about dieting in front of their kids. And that was the norm for the seventies and eighties and nineties and probably two thousands, <laughs> at least my, in my lifetime of my awareness. But I now know young mothers who will never, never say those words out loud in front of their children, never weigh themselves, never go and diet publicly, you know, yeah. because they see it. They're just going to do it differently. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. And so you, you, the rubber hits the road. That's the moment where, you know, and so if you're getting triggered and you want to control a kid around a thing, that's usually a good sign that your foo is running into, um, raising your kids. And then you can be more thoughtful, more mindful, take a step back, call your therapist, right? Like work through some of this. You'll never do the damage with awareness that you would ever do with the lack of awareness. That is truly the key. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Scott, how about you? Okay. What, what, how did you damage so, your kids? This is a weird one, but, um, I had this, I always assumed that me doing all this, like talking in front of people all the time, no mm -hmm. problem getting up and speaking this sort of thing, like that aspect of my life would be a good rub off thing that the kids would see that and go, Oh, well, I am also very confident in front of people. And I can also talk to anybody about anything, anytime and fill, fill dead space with As conversation. Like contagious or genetic? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Or they would see, or they would see me do it or because they would participate in like nerdtaculars or whatever they would, they would have that also yeah. that they would come away with that, that skill set okay. um, and not be as nervous about it. And the opposite has been true where they, that's made them more self-conscious mm. uh, because, and I have to always remember this when I'm like, well, come on, it's no big deal. If I could do it, you could, you know, like that whole thing. I have to be careful with that. But so when they need to talk to someone about a resume, like Carter's going to try to apply at a really cool potential uh, gig this week, um, which if it goes through, we'll tell everybody, but we'll wait until and see what happens. But, um, you know, she's, she's nervous about that process where that process isn't nerve wracking to me at all. Like, Oh, I need to talk to somebody on zoom. Great. Go ahead. Fire it up. Let's go. I do this all day. I can, you know, yeah. it's not a problem. I think they feel intimidated by that in a way that's worse because I'm over here making it seem like it's nothing. And to them it is absolutely something. And yeah. I'm not very sympathetic to how hard it is or, or, you know, I, yeah, I try to be, that, but I don't notice the thing? it. Like basically, because you make it look effortless, even though, you know, we, you know, we, we both experience effort, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but we, but making it look effortless gives them the false hope that it's like, oh, I don't need to, to prepare a stress out or anything like that. And then, you know, maybe they get up in front of somebody and they freak out because they don't realize how hard it is. And it, I think that's it, part of it. I think part of it yeah. is just, they, how do I put this? It's like, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another example of this and it only works. Well, can like, I, can I normalize them? For please. Yes. Yeah, do it. The yeah. greatest number one fear humans have is public speaking. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yep. And you're like, kids, what? This is not hard. <laughs> As if they're not like 99% of everyone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, so you're, it's, you're absolutely it's normal. Right. They're yeah. being normal. You're being abnormal. But, but the idea is that, there's been an effect from it that you just didn't see would happen. You thought it would be right. I'm the outlier in this case. They're the normal yeah. ones, but yeah. in my case, I see it and go, well, wait a minute. Why is that so hard? It's not hard here. And you're my kids. You should know, you know, like 
yeah. there is a natural yeah, yeah. inclination to try to do that. I try really hard not to do that, though. So if we translate, it's just like, I went to Harvard. You should go to Harvard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, basically, yeah. that's that's the trick. And I've done it. Yeah. And, and early on, this is like, you know, let's say when they were teenagers, you know, in high school, junior high and stuff, I think is when it was the worst for them, uh, for those expectations at a time in their life when most kids do want to shrink away and not be the loud one. They don't want all that attention, right? Yeah. And so they also was, grew up with flipping Snapchat and Instagram and you didn't. That's true. That's true. Um, but it also didn't make it any easier that I had Instagram and Snapchat before they did. And I understood yeah. it. And I was never a parent. And that you're was cool. Like, you're like a cool dad. I was like, never. <laughs> well, I just, I just never was like, oh, I don't understand how this works. How's the internet work? Like, that was never me, like most of their friends' yeah. parents. And so I yeah. think that added to it. So now it's it's a little different now because I understand it better. But I think I, I think I instilled a little bit of that back in the day. Yeah. And that is a very natural one at foo that shows up for all of us because we're pretty, you know, this vocalism thing where my experience is everyone's experience until you show me it's not. And then I'm confused because are you having my experience? Like our empathy response is how it kind of backfires. Like I get that. Don't Mm -hmm. you get that this is how the world works because it works that way for me. And parents particularly struggle with this because your kid looks like you kind of and is mm-hmm. carrying all your hopes and dreams mm-hmm. <laughs> and shouldn't they like or do what we do um and here's where you can have your food and be like hey i went to harvard you should go to harvard um and that can be an expectation or a, a dream of mine and then there's the way you damage your kid with that right mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is i'm gonna secretly write your papers which i know someone who did that while she was at harvard by oh the way gosh. um because wow. that is so important that you uphold what I need you to uphold. And those kids are in a lot of pain. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is someone not checking their food at all. Right. So why is what I did way more valuable for my kid to follow in my footsteps than for my kid to be themselves. Right. And you're not saying this. I know that because of anyone whose foo is about letting you be yourself. (laughs) You got a lot of that (laughs) in our house growing up and, and it's been really helpful for me because I I really let Peter be who he is and he is Scott Jr. And if he's not Scott Jr., he'll be something else. But like I I have to give that kid a lot of space because well, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. No, it's that's what he came pro- home from school yesterday and he goes, Okay, mom, uh, I want to be a mechanical engineer, um, but to make money, uh, I'm gonna be a welder on the side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like, the, like the woman in flash dance, basically. Yeah, uh, totally. And yeah. I was like, uh, I love that you think welders make way more than mechanical engineers, but also you're not maybe wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? So that changes every minute. But it, like, if I got hung up on any words coming out of his mouth or any like interest he's showing, and just made that the new identity, and that's I think a common thing, like. These kids are playing sports in third and fourth grade that are every weekend, all weekend, their identity gets formed so much around one or two things that are so intense or, or maybe too many things. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of space. And you got yourself like, okay, is that parents? Is that the culture at large? Cause I'm telling you, there's no ninth grader running, trying to out for the basketball team <laughs> first game, you know, yeah. like that's not what's happening. And so everyone feels this pressure. So some of it might be, Foo stuff. Some of it might be 
you know, societal pressures generally. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for both of you. Do either of your kids talk to you about this thing now? Like, yes, are you sometimes Carter and I, oh, have this, okay. Carter and I talk about this sometimes and it's usually just her. Um, but I've also, Nick's chimed in on it before, but, but, uh, but she's like, we're not, you know, she said things basically the effects is like, well, I'm not you dad. I can't just get up and talk to, you know, I'm not good at this part. Right. And, yeah. and there's part of me that's like, no, but you can be, cause I don't think I always was. And I have to stop like yeah. part, part of your brain says, oh no, that's the good thing to do. Tell it, lean into it and say, no, 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 you can be better. And here's mm -hmm. how. And instead mm -hmm. try to assess the situation and, and, and actually appreciate where she's at and not just try to explain away. Oh, well rub some dirt on it and move forward. Like <laughs> that is a, that is a tendency. I think everybody has that, right? If you're, yeah, if you're, especially the older you get of and a certain age, yes, all right. that. And it's just hard, but we talk about it. And, yeah. um, how about you, Brian? Do you talk about the chipmunk cheeks? Not at all. Nope. I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's come up as kind of like, Oh yeah. You remember when you used to be a kid and used to the stuff, food in your cheeks and you're like no i was too young i don't remember that but uh yeah. <laughs> but it never really like it only ever comes up as kind of like a huh remember that that was funny wasn't it it's never like a oh, this really scarred me dad right uh, would okay. you, you do this it really <laughs> messed me up so might not be foo you might you might have gotten away with that one well he does he does eat the kid eats so fast like you go out out mm. to dinner with him and he's done with his food by the time you know Tina and I are finished uh, putting salt and pepper on our, <laughs> on our potatoes or something. Like he's already scarfed his whole plate, and uh, but he's skinny mm -hmm. as a rail. So as long as his metabolism keeps up with that, then that's just then fine. he'll uh, not complain yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the tricky part, and this is maybe for any of our older parent listeners, like your kids are a little yeah. older. This this is tricky. Uh, kids have. First of all, they have access now to each other online and lots of different opinions and things, right? They're, they're consuming a lot of different ways to, to navigate right. the world. And I think some of it is good and some of it could just be problematic and contagious. But and a big piece is like going back to their parents to say, hey, this is how you hurt me. Or I am struggling now because you did these certain things. That is very difficult to really hear with an open heart, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. you gave everything to your little, you know, like mm. that feeling of like, <laughs> how dare you, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of compassion for that, especially if you have done it or you're in the thick of doing that, It you do give them everything. Now, the best that you can do still might've created a kid who's not doing great, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that is really hard to look yeah. in the face. And so what comes naturally is we just blame. So maybe the kid's blaming you and then you're blaming the kid. Well, if you just done the things I said, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And really the advice I would give to that is, is, you know, kind of hear what they have to say, ask for a moment for you to digest it because your first reaction usually will be the wrong one, mm. especially if, defensive is how you feel like, wait a second. Mm. Um, so I have a dumb example. So when I'm working, I can't answer the phone mm. and Abe calls me stupid things randomly, mm. you know? <laughs> and now that kids all have phones, they can just call when they want. So he's just yeah. like, Oh, yeah. did my blank get there? You know, it's always an Amazon package or something. <laughs> and I don't answer. So he, he has spent a considerable amount of effort telling everyone it's funny that his mom doesn't answer the phone mm. because 
that's not his friend's experiences. They would wish their kid would call him. And so he just finds it funny that my mom doesn't even like me. She won't answer the phone. So he keeps playing this up. So when I meet his friends, they look at me so weird. And I'm like, no, I love him. What did he tell you? Like, I can tell. Anyway, um, and so I don't know if it's real, if he's just like, you're neglecting me and I need more attention. I don't know. But I also try to talk to him about it and, you know, whatever. We're going to find out in 10 years, guys. He's like, you know what? But if you had answered the phone when I was 16, I would feel better about my life. I don't know. It could be coming for me. I have no idea. But to be open to the feedback, right? And especially when they're younger, they're going to do it maybe sarcastically like Abe is doing or, you know, some version of and and a discussion. Listen, I'm not going to quit my job so I can answer his phone call. Mm -hmm. Can't do that. That's not what I'm going to do. But. We can have a conversation where we talk about the real thing. Like, am I missing something here? And can I do better? And that can happen throughout the lifespan, right? Yeah. So if your adult child is just like, ugh, you can sense it and you feel defensive. Well, there's probably something there that's been there a while. So that's kind of my main, if I can give one overarching vibe here, it is that you can fix your foo from your childhood and, you know, have that be way less impactful on your own kids and still script your kids a little bit. But in that process, you can communicate better. You can be more open. You can learn to drop your defenses and hear them out and know that everyone is at a developmentally different place. Right. right? right and right. so communicate, communicate, communicate. communicate. Once again, the big C. That's always the same. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, 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 it's good. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's some people forget that often it is the same thing and they just need to focus in on it and do the, do that, do the yeah. thing. And that's one of the things that in therapy, the big T, the big C and the big T. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always fun and interesting, uh, discussion to be had. If, uh, you've got thoughts or feelings about your own foo or uh, a story or a problem you'd like to have us deal with on the show, you can send those into the morning stream at gmail.com. That's the morning stream at gmail.com. Calm. Wendy, anything else you got going on you want to mention? Yeah. Uh, Real Steps Round is going to start up again, and we're going to start the first Monday in March. So that's March Oh, that's 6th. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the website at the moment can't let you sign up, <laughs> um, but I am just starting to warm you all up. Uh, but you can get, put your email in, and you'll get the announcements and all the information coming up. So um, that's happening soon. So that starts March 6th. Um, I would love this if someone could do this in between is send us a new year's resolution email. Oh, or a, that'd be great. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I need to lose weight, but I can't handle dieting one more time. You know, any, mm. anything that's sort of around this, Ooh, you could combine it with foo if you want. Um, but just some version of like this age old problem where we feel this natural need in January um, to change our lives forever. And make everything better. I right? love that. And like, yeah. mm-hmm. who's struggling with that? And yeah, any any particular things people have questions about in how to create sustainable differences in your life rather than the, you know, go to the gym on February 10th. Everyone's gone, right? Right now. Yeah, right. It's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, right now, now it's, it's mess. like you got to fight for a treadmill. In, in a month, uh, you'll have the whole place to yourself. Oh, yeah. You'll love the gym in a month. Yeah, so uh, just relax. The, do you do you think it'd be cool if one day we found out that Dave Grohl and his bandmates named it Foo Fighters not because of the World War II thing, even though they you maybe saw yeah, it there, but they the actually do it because they're fighting their family of origin issues? Yeah. Do you think that would be wow. cool? That'd be cool. I love it. That should be yeah. our theme song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dave Grohl seems pretty uh, with it. His kids like him, so he maybe does. he figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's he, done his work. He's he, done his foo. That's right. He broke the chain. <laughs> He's broken his foo chain. Yeah, his foo chain. That. He's high up on the foo chain. All right. Uh, have fun. We'll see you next week. Be safe. Okay. And we'll Thanks. see you. Bye. Bye. Now. All right. Bye. There you go. That was good stuff there. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoyed that as always. Uh, a couple of quick notes of interest. We have upcoming shows. Coverville today at 1 p.m. That's right. Jeff Beck tribute. That's right. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Coverville for that if you want to watch it live. And then tonight at 5 p.m., Core will be doing an episode. Very excited about this one. Uh, you can find us live right here at the Frog Pants channel on Twitch. That's Twitch.tv slash Frog Pants. 5 p.m., me, Bo, and John talking the world of video games and more. Uh, check the connection uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Oh, guess the connection. Guess uh, what I say. Check. Check the connection. Hey, uh, like, check uh, your like connection. A, like, is that is that? Could you see if that thing's working? Could you check the connection? Can you wiggle that wire? <laughs> uh, that'll be tomorrow at two uh, on the cover the connection. channel. Yes. Yep. Exactly. There you go. Some prizes and all that fun. So check that That's out. Right. Couch party after that. We're doing a uh, Friday the Thirteenth Horror Edition horror That's movie. Right. What's the What's the horror movie we're watching? Is something we let uh, Monica choose, which is great. The Night House. The Night House on HBO Max. Never Creepy heard of psychological it. Psychological horror from this past summer. Never even heard of it. Totally the down. The Night House. <laughs> the week after that, we're doing. Uh, um, let's see. What's the thing we're doing? Um, oh, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. After Ant Man and the Wasp. Is correct. Yeah, yeah. Yep. In, we want to get that from tomorrow. We're starting Ant Man and the Wasp because. Scott's got to see that before all this Kang business comes around. Yeah, this this quantum mania stuff I don't know much about. That's right. So I you've, need got to... the, you've got the setup for, for Kang with mm-hmm. the one who remains from Loki, and now we got to do the setup with uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah, and if you're confused at all about Couch Party, it is a patron-only deal. But here's the thing. If you can't be there live, we do put the audio up later. Uh, I wish that we had a play. Well, I still don't have a solution for video. It gets taken down no matter where I put it. I tried yeah. archive.org. I tried some real seedy freaking backwater dark web oh stuff it got pulled yeah. there like it doesn't matter where i put it so what if we if we uh the video that we posted slowly like it sped us up about eight percent or something like isn't there a thing where you could do that i don't now? know zoom in like on the corner the corner of the right. video yes, or exactly. whatever people do do that i don't know how long they get away with that but they definitely no do i don't it. either yeah but anyway yeah daily motion same problem i got pulled there um so oh and icor says did scott see the first ant-man yes i did I did. Did yes. Um, also, uh, the uh, was I going to say? Oh, and nobody. None of our our Plex people have gotten back to me about whether they want to host it or not. So, oh, Plex, yeah, I so still think Plex is the best solution. To be honest, because Plex yeah. is you know everybody. Yeah. Plex is a but whatever on Plex. That's right. It's the Wild West. Yeah, you own your own server. You do what you want. I don't yeah, know. Maybe nobody exactly. wants that kind of heat. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we just anyway. set up our own Plex server. I don't know what's involved with that. Yeah. Can, does it have to be a physical, tangible server, or can we do that with like a an Amazon, you know, spin up an Amazon server or a Cloudways server or something like that? I do have an Amazon, Amazon AWS bucket, but I think that would be massive money at the end of the month to have yeah, a file that yeah. big. It's like four gig worth of a movie or something. I don't know. Okay. We'll right. figure well, it there's, out. There's, there's, uh, there's thoughts. We're working on it. That's the, the key there. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, oh, and Film Sack this weekend. We're doing that. What's our episode? Yeah. What's our movie? Our movie is uh, Event Horizon. We're finally watching Event Horizon. It'll be great for the second time to see Event Horizon. Finally, uh, no, no, what? Definitely not. What the that. heck is it? It is. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I uh, I'm pulling it up right now. It's Catwoman. We've moved Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, it is a blowout. Oh. Yeah, that's right. The one with uh, John Travolta. Oh, don't yeah, touch my head. Don't touch it. I've never heard of this movie. 
Karen Allen from uh, uh, the first uh, Raiders, right? First Karen and Allen? fourth. She was in the yeah. fourth as well. Yeah. And the fourth, yeah, yeah. Karen Allen. Yeah, yep. Karen Allen. I like her. Uh, Karen Allen, John Travolta, and uh, an overheard conversation. And this is a this is a highly regarded film. Um, is it? Yes. Oh, well, I'm stoked. I'm excited then. to finally see it. I don't remember. I saw the conversation with uh, Gene Hackman, which was a similar storyline. Like somebody hears something that they shouldn't, they get it recorded. Like, you know, they're in the process. And this, I think in the case of John Travolta, he's like a, a sound effects guy and he accidentally records a murder or something. Oh, but, uh, okay. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. You've convinced me. Uh, yeah. That's this weekend, yeah. so check that out. Uh, that's going to do it. Please support us, please. Please support us on our Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash TMS, where all the fun can be had. You get all this bonus content we've been talking about, including daily content, and you'll never hear an ad even once. Go check it out. Frogpants.com slash TMS is where to sign up. Do it today. Yeah. All right. We got to go now. Let's do a song. Yes. Now, this is a very long request that came in from uh, Jamie Todd, a.k.a. Wolf Crane. I'm not going to read all of it, and he even says don't read all this because it's a lot. But um, uh, poor, poor Jamie is going through some stuff, right? He's His yeah, uh, wife uh, needing some uh, neurosurgery for her, some serious issues with her neck. Uh, his mom isn't doing well in hospice, and... Uh, uh, and his wife's mom also not doing well. Anyway, uh, so he needs a song, and by golly, we're going to give him a song. And um, I hope you enjoy this one. It's not exactly the one you requested, although it's the one you you told me as a follow up or as an as another option. Uh, Brian, let's see where is it. If you can find a cover of uh, Unbound by Robbie Robertson, that'd be great. But if you can't, then another cover of one of his songs from that album would be great. This is another a cover of another one of the songs from that great Robbie Robertson first album. A member of the band, the, the, the band that was called the band, uh, is, is where I know him best, and his stuff in there was great too. This is a song called Broken Arrow, sung by Sweethearts of the Rodeo from their 1993 album Rodeo Waltz. Here is Broken Arrow. That'll do it for us. We'll see you guys. Uh, if, you know, if none of those things on the weekend sound interesting, I guess we'll see you on Monday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Lame. We can't uh, but, help you there. No, not at all. But we will be here then. We'll see you then.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I'm playing a game. Oh, hi, John. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.